Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, so today on the podcast, we have someone who uh, we've chatted to before, uh, is a very interesting and engaging person to talk to, uh, uh, has written for us occasionally, and is also busy doing his own thing. So uh, today is Minta. So first of all, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, Simon. Thanks for having me on. And and so this is Minta Dahl. And for those that don't know, how would you describe who you are and what you do uh, here and now, December 2020? Oh, my gosh. A revolving question. Um, so hmm. I am a an American with French uh, nationality. I was born in Belgium, raised in France, uh, educated in England. And um, and thus think of myself as somewhat uh, poly, polynational, polyglossy. I'm a speaker, author, consultant these days. The last eleven years it's been now, and and previous to that, I had a long career at L'Oreal, and I've worked in an investment bank. I've been a tennis pro, and worked in a zoo. There you go, sort of you know like a mishmash of things. I'm good at lots of things, but great at nothing. <laughs> Which actually is kind of a good thing, I would say. The, the whole jack of all trades, master of none is maybe more negative than, than it could be. Um, I guess here and now we're talking to you because uh, you have written a new book. And as I was saying, it was three and you've pointed out it's four, but kind of three business ones. So so mm -hmm. what's the new book about and, and what what has inspired you to write it? So the, the new book's about leadership. And, and, and you might say, oh my God, yet another book on leadership. Well, the the truth is, one can see that despite all the previous books, we haven't actually improved leadership, and we have this huge problem of engagement within businesses and employees not feeling like they they enjoy the work, and and the the reason that's always cited is my boss. Then uh, we've also got another problem, which is that through the great choice, um, customers are less loyal. So how do you create mm -hmm. a culture that brings loyalty and engagement amongst the employees that flows through into the customer base and the stakeholders and distributors and partners? And, and that's the, the premise behind my book. And the reason for it, um, or actually how it came around, it originally, Simon, was supposed to be the book of my life. Because okay. I started writing this in 2014. And then for a number of ridiculous reasons, including a call from a television station saying they wanted my film to go on telly and or a friend of mine dying or you know very important reasons um i ended up putting it on the shelf and and the book has to be if you want to be a genuine leader it has to be both personal and professional which is why it had to be a book of my life in other words me in my full monty <laughs> imperfections included uh-huh and I mean, I, I I think that makes sense because uh, quite a few people we've been talking to are, are talking about, like you say, about customer loyalty. But they have to feel that they has an they have an alignment between their values and the way they see the world, and not just the product, but the person that you are and the company that you're trying to align with. So, is that something that you kind of discuss? And what would your thoughts be on that? Well, absolutely do I discuss it. And and there are a few things. The first is that in order for that alignment to happen, you actually have to do some hard work to understand 
who you are as an individual, who you are as an organization. And instead of just having this beautiful mission written on the walls or in the annual report, or like just like the values, make them come alive. And then the, the second thing is to have the courage not to try to be everything to everybody, which essentially means it's okay that they don't like me. It's okay that we have people who are naysayers. You need to have the courage to stand out because if you're trying to appease and appeal to everybody, then it's no good. And the last thing I'll say, Simon, is that mm -hmm. to your point, it really needs to be inside out. That's to say that what you're trying to achieve as an organization with your products or services you're selling, your number one fans need to start with you and then your employees. And then as you go out towards the customers through whatever mechanisms you have, like your stakeholders or your distributors or whatever, as I was saying, partners, you need to make sure that the brand lives and is felt within all of those communities as well. So it's about having that strength to say, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, and damn it, it's not for everybody, and that's okay. And that needs to be felt within from you through all the way to the customer. Yeah, look, I mean, and, and, and we did put it back to someone about what if companies just say this and therefore are greenwashing. And he was saying that, well, it won't really work because, like you're saying, if, if you don't bleed the way that you say that you are, then, you know, people will see that that disconnect. And I guess that's w what you're feeling too, yeah? Well, in, in not only does does the internet allow for transparency and so you can sort of see within a little bit but under the kimono through sites like Glassdoor or a rogue ex-employee, much less a rogue employee, can say things about how it really is. And the issue is that while you could sort of say, well, this has always been the case, or at least you know that that you know you should always be this way, the now that the are so many different employees involved at the coalface with the customers, whether it's in social media, customer service, the stores, or, or, or wherever, you have so many people making it come alive. If it's inconsistent with who you are inside, that will come through. doesn't mean immediately you're going to lose all your sales. But from, from a, from a uh, let's say, a customer standpoint, you can see the company in so many different ways. So you need to have that consistency within. And the other point is this, is that employees can see everything now. It used to be you could sort of say to the shareholders, oh, well, we had a great quarter. We uh, cut costs and you know reduced overhead by 20% and we uh, reduced headcount by 15% or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you could, you could just sort of imagine that the employees weren't hearing that. But now they're like, well, I am headcount. That's how they think of me. So you need to create a kind of a culture that is speakable. So you're not talking outside of your bum on the wrong side to one community and saying another thing to another community. There has to be some congruency in it. And like I say, yeah. it's challenging. Sometimes you know what you say won't please everybody, but you need to have your core constituents uh, aligned with you. Yep. No, I think that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> With, with with 2020 uh, being what it was, um, did did that affect? And, and so I guess we, we, it's it's been quite positive in some ways in that it has nudged things forward faster because it's disproved uh, people's uh, reservations towards certain ways of doing things. Um, did, as this played out, did this did this impact on 
on your ideas as you wrote the book and how you were writing the book? Did you have to have, we've seen a lot of uh, COVID rewrites of, of books that were in Genesis over the last nine months or so. Uh, what was the impact with you? Uh, is that, was that a thing for you? Oh, yes. It, well, it, certainly it, it, it had to be. And uh, there are a couple of reasons, one of them very technical. But let, let me say that um, this year has not seen just a nudge. It's seen a rocketing forward. And along the way, a lot of damage has been done. I think that we've pushed radically into this new world of, of remote work, but a lot of cultures aren't ready for it. A lot of people aren't prepared to actually lean in on it. And, the, and why it's absolutely brilliant is that it's made the personal visible in the professional. Mm -hmm. It used to be, you know, like, oh, well, you go to work, you put on your tie, quote unquote, and you, you leave behind all your worries about home and personal life because that's not professional to talk about that. Well, mm -hmm. now you peer into my living room or my bedroom and you see my cat jump up on the desk or my child say, Papa, where's my whatever? And and so and, and, we're and the book collections. I, I, I love seeing people's <laughs> book collections. Well, of course, there's a lot of uh, fraudulent books being in the back. You know, I know. Like, as if everything you do is what you read. Um, curate, curate, so, curated backdrops, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right. Choose, oh, well, I, I only read Shakespeare and Chaucer. Um, yeah, right. So um, anyway, the, 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 the other point was that I actually handed in my manuscript, Simon, even though I began this in 2014. Oh, another big thing happened this year, which is I handed it in. Roughly, I think it was the 15th of March, three days okay. before we locked down in Britain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so as a result, my publisher, Kurgan, had to furlough and my book was put on, on hold. So yeah. in, while the, the concepts of the book really all about this idea that you need to bring your full self, your whole personal, your, your who you are to work, the, the Zoom factor made that patently obvious. So meanwhile, the only thing I did in my um, COVID rewrite was just to be more relevant, add a few more stories that, that in anticipation of when the book would actually get on the shelves, quote unquote, I, I could be in with them and thinking about the reader, where they are, where they sit and how they feel and what they've experienced. Because if I left it all out, then I feel like I would have just airbrushed a whole you know, mega change that's happened in so many people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, look, I mean, uh, Mintadal, the person that you were, you were pinging around, talking at events, doing lots of different things. Uh, you know, th that's been different now. A as we look to a, a post a post lockdown, post pandemic scenario, um, are you going to revert to how you used to do things or, or what's what's your approach and strategy for 2021 and beyond? How do you plan to, plan to play that one? So uh, not easily, Simon. Uh, the The fact is that my enjoyment was sharing that energy and and the physical elements of it, and and using stages as a a theatre. Now, when you're reduced to sitting in a chair in a little screen, it it reduces the amplitude and what you can do. So it's a lot more challenging, not only to be effective in the way you speak. Uh, it's also difficult to transmit that energy without you know l l let's say using ridiculous devices so i i've had to myself try to figure out how to innovate be a little bit risky and and bring into the screen things that can create surprise 
create engagement, <clears throat> and I'm certainly not afraid to experiment with whatever's out there. Looking forward to 2021, I'm hoping that, and I'm certainly I'm putting together a showreel of, of my, my work online, and I'm hoping that we will get back into at least some kind of mixed meetings because I still <clears throat> enjoy and appreciate the handshake and, and you know, the physical elements. Uh, but I think that the way forward has to be through collaboration. And I, I, reality is that digital is global. And so if I'm doing an event, why not think about bringing on somebody from Australia or Japan or from the States and, and think of the world as your oyster or as some Shakespearean person said, the world is your stage. So bring, bring in collaborations and help uh, work with other people. And the other thing which I, I consistently say, give before expecting in return. And so I'm going to have to put that into motion by participating with others, helping out others, and hoping that somehow karmically things will come back to, because uh, I need to, of course, pay the bills. Yeah, look, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's definitely opened the scope for collaboration uh, and then yet at the same time there will there are there is a, a point at which it's like if you want my time then it w if I give you my time rather than give my time to someone else then there has to be some some compensation for that so you're right uh, I think that makes sense you, you mentioned tennis working in the zoo and uh, an ultimate frisbee pops up occasionally so oh yeah so how 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 did those elements help you and inform you in terms of how you deal with the world and help you to do things so my i'm going to pick up on the ultimate frisbee because i was telling my son the other day and he says do you do you wear bandanas and i said well you mean <laughs> frisbee frisbee helmets um Yes, I, I know what they are. Um, and I used to play a lot of Frisbee. In fact, I, I became rather good at it. And part of that was because I used to spend a lot of time in parking lots with lots of moving objects, cars, and people uh, in anticipation of concerts. I used to travel and, and follow a rock and roll band um, around for 10 years. And I saw them a couple of hundred times. And so when you, and you can thread a Frisbee. Would that be the, was, that, in, was that the Grateful Dead? That would be the Grateful Dead. So, you know, there we were spinning discs and uh, playing hacky sack and so on. So that's how I, I learned a thing or two. And and the Grateful Dead actually is very instrumental. It's, it features quite a lot in my book because where I say it's about this being personal and professional, I came to this realization, which is why it was the book of my life, that my personal life has a tremendous impact on who I am as a professional. And it's okay the professional life has had a tremendous and positive impact on my personal life. And, and where the two shall meet is that I, as a, as a, you know, let's say off out of the office, I was wearing tie dyes and, and dancing like a maniac to the grateful dead. And, and I didn't feel that was inconsistent with who I was wearing a tie back in those days that we still actually did that Simon at work. So I had the tie and the tie dye. And, and the, the where the two shall meet is that while I was running Redken, the guy who was running the biggest subsidiary of the U.S. was also a deadhead, a, a fan of the Grateful Dead. And so what we were about, just like Grateful Dead, was building community. And, and when we created the, the community, or at least the community of hairdressers was around us, we wanted to create an experience that they should 
never forget, an experience that they want to talk about, an experience that they'd want to come back to, which is just what the Grateful Dead model is. And 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 the, the sort of epic uh, apotheosis of our uh, of our year was a one uh, event in Las Vegas where ten thousand customers paid to come to hang out with us. And wow. there are not many companies where customers pay to come listen to you wax on about you. I mean, of course, we we didn't wax on about us. But that was the whole thing. So we created these experiences, and ten thousand people in this huge uh, theater where we would do an event, and and we made those two and a half days so good that about ninety percent of the people who came had already been to one before. In other words, high loyalty. Yeah, look, I I I think that makes sense. I mean, and if we look at you know Ben and Jerry's, Patagonia, yeah. uh, the whole B Corp concept um the fact that they may have uh taken some inspiration from the the grateful dead touring entourage and ultimate frisbee i think you know it it, it makes sense and like you say it shows that there doesn't have to be a disconnect between who you are as a person and the values that you'd like that you the company you work with to be part of um so uh, th 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 that's that's one source of information and inspiration uh, who else how, how do you remain up to date, informed, and relevant in terms of your thinking and uh, in inspiration? So um, there's a saying that says that leaders are readers, and I certainly continue to subscribe to that. I think that there's some great books out there, and I I uh, enjoy reading. I've probably read something like sixty books this year, and I would add that I haven't just read business books in my attempts and efforts to promote empathy, one of the things that I had to call myself to do was to read more fiction, fiction mm -hmm. of other thoughts and other civilizations and 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 try to lean into the the characters that are in this book as in, in in an effort to be more empathic with them, if you will, or understand better other people. So uh, reading is a good one. Podcasts are are my general diet. I, um, I I will listen to, oh, I'd say f 40 podcasts a week. And I, and I do that, Simon, via walking. I like to walk one and a half hours a day when I'm not locked down, of course. Uh -huh. And and occasionally um, my music fixes, I do that, Simon, by actually playing guitar uh, every, every evening around 6.30 for half an hour. But during the day when i'm doing my walk i consume podcasts i usually consume them at about 1.2 1.3 times the speed uh -huh, and okay. uh, they're they're well curated and and they're uh, sometimes absolutely personal so i have, I have podcasts about the grateful dead and the philadelphia flyers hockey team uh, as well as plenty of professional well done uh, podcasts I, I cite the social pros with jay bear or uh, Mitch Joel's Six Pixels of Separation amongst two of my favorites to listen to. Yeah, and I think that's, like you say, that, that while walking is that you're also physically out, but it's that thing that a podcast enables you to do things uh, that are hands-free. Uh, so you're, you're both out, but also maybe, you know, uh, mentally uh, f feeding yourself as well. So yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and oh, yeah, like I, I was if, saying before, Mm -hmm. I was just going to add that by being out, if you keep your eyes open, you're observing. You're observing how people are, what's happening in in the retail shop, 
you can see things. Uh, there's a wonderful book uh, by uh, Proust called um, uh, in, in in French it's Du Côté de Swann, and it it's so it's by Swann's Way, I think that's what it is in English, and um, and in it they they have this French expression which is the les signes sont dans les signes, but the signs are in the signs. But the actually what it means is the signs are in the swans. And and sometimes when I'm walking, I like to try to connect the dots. And may they be disparate dots to, to stimulate me. And I think that the observation of different things and their interactions can stimulate creativity and spark a different way of thinking. And, and in a very concrete example is um, I've come to notice that there are a ton of elastic bands on the ground dropped there by the, the mail deliverer. And, and so I, I, all right, well, there are elastic bands there. But it's come to my attention that these elastic bands fall in different ways and create different shapes. So I've come to start to want to look at these elastic bands in the shapes that they fall and what are they saying to me and allowing for that sort of magic weirdness, mm -hmm. if you will, to happen. And it just provokes stuff. Oh, there's an infinity sign. Huh, that's interesting. Well, there's a circle in a circle. Huh, what's that saying to me? Anyway, that's, these are some examples of how I try to uh, feed my mind, Simon. No, I think definitely, and, and, and it's that thing that, you know, in the shower or walking the dog, basically when you're away from the device and notifications is when your mind is joining things up that you've been thinking about. So very much, yeah, looking at the elastic bands, looking at the clouds, uh, you, you have to have, be open to reflect really so I, I think i think that would make sense um it's it's been a, a pleasure to talk to you how can people learn more about what you do and follow what you're up to thank you so much for having me on simon fun to chat with you and explore what's beneath the uh the frisbee helmet um <laughs> should we say uh so i my i have this weird name minterdial.com um very simple and easy to find if you can spell it minter like winter with an m uh, dial like the telephone or the soap and uh, you can find everything in there including my four books the film and uh, otherwise I tweet quite uh, consistently uh, at M-D-I-A-L and uh, the books yeah they're on Amazon and a few other fine e-tailers um, I would like to give a shout out to goodreads.org which is a new initiative uh, out of the states that's helping to promote uh, independent bookshops and uh, my books are also available on that awesome um and we will be reviewing the book soon so uh, i look forward to reading more about it in detail as well so thank you very much my great pleasure simon carry on walking carry on enjoying some let's have some frisbee sometime absolutely we hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.